You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Mike, let's start here. Jawan Howard, uh, as we found out yesterday, suspended for five games for the fight, the brawl, the brouhaha, the kerfuffle, whatever you want to call it, the Pier 6 brawl that ensued uh, at the end of the uh, Wisconsin-Michigan game and, uh, you know, the fallout from that. And I'm going to say a lot of things obviously went wrong there Um, from uh, Jawan Howard being PO'd uh, by uh, Wisconsin's coach for calling a, what, a late timeout with 10 seconds to go and a double-digit loss. He wasn't happy about it. And also, uh, he didn't like the idea of being stopped and touched um, there by Greg Gard. And, and here, Jawan got suspended for five, the remainder of the regular season, right. which is five games, Mike, and also fined $40,000 for hitting uh, Wisconsin's assistance, assistant coach, which was the thing. And I just want to say one thing, get this out here, and then I want to hear from you. So, you know, in in basketball or whatever, like I guess the cardinal rule or one of those things unspoken is that the, the head coaches should handle whatever rift they have, okay? Jawan Howard was so upset he didn't want to stop and have pleasantries or shake hands or whatever, and guard decided that, no, 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 I want to, uh, I don't know, stop you from walking by me, so he touched him. You know what I mean? He g- mm-hmm. grabbed his arm. It wasn't an aggressive grab, but he touched him, and Jawan Howard t- took exception to that. And I think the other part was that the other assistant coach was yelling at Jawan Howard, which is the, the unusual thing that usually that's going to be assistant coaches stay out of the fray, right? The assistant mm-hmm. coach's job, best job, Mike, is to make sure that the head coach doesn't, you know, if you pull him back or if he gets into it with a, an official or a referee or something, you're there to make sure that you can help the coach and secure him not for the assistant coach to go after Jawan Howard now in no way am I excusing Jawan Howard because he's supposed to be the leader of men young men be a role model and what he did by taking a swing at that assistant coach is out of line and I'm not surprised he was suspended I thought it could have been even longer I thought it could have been for the entire year Mike even including postseason if they make it or whatever NIT NCAA tournament whatever because he did have an incident last year where they had to hold him back mm-hmm. uh, in a brouhaha that didn't escalate to this uh, uh, blowout so if it's teachable moment for you on guard side, it's now teachable moment for me. I'm not giving the turnover. I'm not giving you the ball. I'm calling timeout. If I still have him in my bag, I'm pulling him out of my magic bag, and we can both do this. That's what I got from guard in that. He goes, all right, you're going to play it through? Blank you. I'm going to do the same thing. And evidently, Jawan Howard has a really big problem with losing. That's one of the biggest thing here. You have to teach your kids how to lose early. Right? No crying, no whining. Jawan Howard comes off as a crybaby and a bad loser in all of this. And then we get into the post game where Greg Gard tries to stop him. And he, he's looking, at least from where I sit, Rob, trying to squash it right there. 
Right? right, just trying to say, hey, hey, he's hey. trying to he's so, trying to like talk about it now rather right? than calling coach, right? Calling Howard in a couple of days and saying, hey, man, I, I you know, like I'm sorry you took it that way because that's usually what would happen, right? You, right, you, your men, you talk it out and you and and you move on. Right, he's screaming, I'll remember this. Like, what does that mean? I, I mean, that, that's a whole other threat kind of level thing coming into this. What, what you're gonna you're gonna try to do the same thing and, and call timeouts if if you're burying burying us, it's not going to be in that situation. But either way, the the point is he, he grabs him because I mean you we've all done this. I, I have to believe in an argument conversation where you grab someone by the arm. No, no, no. Listen, listen. We need to talk about this, right? Or hear my point and let's let's just do this. Your point about the assistant coach, yeah, his job is to keep the players. In right. line, keep the and, players and, and, back. And go do and, the thing. Right, or maybe go grab the coach so he doesn't get tossed right. by an official. But he's not supposed to go at the other head coach. Yeah. Would you agree with that? No, that I is would, not I his would job. Agree. Yeah, there, there's a lot of errors in this. If, we, if we're going to go through, it's Zabruder film and just picking out each person and deciding how much they get. Uh, ultimately, three players get one. And obviously, each. players getting in the fray as well. I mean, you're going to get suspended. You can't do that. But that's just it, right? As soon as you see your coach... Now he's laid hands, and, and I equated it, I don't know if you remember this, the old uh, Dr. D. David Schultz open hand slap to John Stossel. Okay. Uh, about yes. the report you, about wrestling and about, whether it was About fake. whether it was real or yeah. fake. Are you, you kidding? You think it's fake. You think it's fake. And then he popped his eardrum, and, and like there was – John Stossel was a damn good reporter, yeah, man. I remember him. He was. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that was a big deal, and, and that's what it looked like to me. Eventually, Howard issues the statement. They get the first name of the assistant coach wrong in that, but he, you know – almost a full day later, apologize for it. In the moment, it was family, protect family. It's like, protect what? The guy called a timeout when you were still pressing. There's there's not a whole lot there uh, for me. And and folks took it in, in all sorts of uh, different turns. When it comes down to it, you got a, a five-game suspension into the Big Ten tournament. Whether they're going to the NCAA, well, they're going to have to have a miraculous run in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, so five games, 40K, I'm okay with it. Right, it sends a message. All right, you're you're on notice because Michigan's you know statement about it after the fact, Rob was was very terse. Right, there was no hey, we're picking up for our guy, whatever. It's like this is unacceptable. No, right, right. They they went hard. Wisconsin flat out said, hey, we're paying the fine. This is not guards' fine. Right, they they were a little too flip, like like flip it, like. Like instead of just saying this is ugly, we we don't want any part of this. This is not college basketball. This is not Wisconsin. You know what I mean? And and they kind of were like, well, you know, we'll pay it. it. He didn't do anything. And and there was a couple things on on both sides. But I I wish Mike that um, Jawan would have just apologized after if if Jawan came out. You know, and I know the the heat of the moment, but you come out after the game and just say, "I, you know what, I, my bad. I I snapped, shouldn't have. Obviously, I should never swing on anybody. Violence is never acceptable, and I apologize for that. And this is not the, uh, you know, I'm leader of these young men, and this is not the example that I want to, uh, uh, you know, put out there for them." You know, he apologized yesterday, uh, but I would have loved to have just just own it. You made a mistake. People make mistakes all the time. The late great baseball announcer of the Mets, Bob Murphy, used to always say when I was a kid listening to the games, 
and a guy would make an error, and he would say, Mike, that's why they put erasers on pencils, because people make mistakes. <laughs> well you know what I mean? But, like, but like for real. But yeah, but I mean, that's also why you have a cooling down period before you get in front of a microphone, right? Right. Right? So, Juwan Howard, in those 15 minutes, all someone in Michigan's camp, anywhere in, in their food chain, one person needed to open a social media account, and you would have realized how bad this was. Right? If you're not smart enough to see it in the room... Right, as there's a little bit of fracas going on, recognize the eyes of the world are on you. The NFL is done. The Olympics, nobody paid attention. I'm sorry for my I, friends that work no, at NBC. Nobody, nobody. Right? I we, mean, we, I don't think Chris and I mentioned. Skating. I don't think we mentioned the Olympics at all. The entire what two and a half weeks it was on, or whatever it was. Yeah, we I, talked I a know. little curling, Jason and I. Uh, because it was on in our window, right? As right. we're sitting there watching it, replays, whatever. And then you had a couple of guys that looked like they were straight out of Talladega Nights. Uh, and then you had the uh, the skating controversy, which I think opened up some conversation, especially once Shikari Richardson made some comments of, wait a minute, she still gets to skate? What are we doing here? I, I thought there was some interesting – I mean, that was about the only point of interest, and it was all about Russian athletes being there doing things that Russia as a whole wasn't allowed to be in the Olympics for. If that makes any sense, try to unravel that. But yeah. <laughs> more cheating, I guess, is is the summary statement to it all. But here, the eyes of the world are now gravitating towards NCAA, right? It's it's the NBA and the NCAA in the final throws before we get to conference tournaments in March Madness. So, yeah, this is the first thing people really probably know about the college basketball season is that your former Fab Five guy, who had a great year last year, they're struggling this year, he got mad and he slapped a guy. That's it. That he doesn't know how to lose. That's the only lesson you've got from college basketball this year. Yes. And and, and here's the other thing, too. Here's the other part is Dick Vitale jumps in, and he's the one who, who of course, was sickened by the whole uh fracas uh that that everybody saw and and it was one you know what's weird is i don't know seemed like a lot of people were watching you know like than than normal because you know people don't pay attention college basketball i don't know has dropped off it's it's i used to watch college basketball don't watch it until we get to the tournament and i think a lot of people are in that boat but for some reason and i guess with not much going on people actually watch this but then this is where I want to turn this to, Mike, is Dick Vitale comes up and says, and I'm quoting, uh, the time has come to eliminate the line after games of shaking hands. Yeah. This is, quote, quote, too many incidents taking place with the action in the, and he's talking about the Michigan-Wisconsin uh, game, being sickening. Uh, punches thrown behavior was out of control and ugly. Uh, Big Ten Commission must act on what happened. So he's saying, okay, it's been customary for a long time. It's about sportsmanship, but we let's not do it because uh, we, we got too many issues. I've talked to some former players on both levels, and I'm talking about college who played major college basketball in, in the NBA. They say a lot of bad stuff goes there when people lose and – Guys, slap your hands a little hard or, or you know, kind of uh, are talking 
talking smack, you know, during that line. You think everything is uh, rosy and, and, and peachy keen and everybody's cool because the game's over. <laughs> so they were more in line with Dick Vitale, which I was surprised the people, the former players I talked to. But we've watched, you know, Mike, I worked in Detroit, yeah. Hockey Town, and uh, I've seen – uh, numerous hockey Stanley Cup playoff series where guys are beat to a pulp and and fights and and uh, you know some bad stuff going on and at the end of those series those two teams line up which is customary in in the NHL and they give each other a handshake after it's all over and it's far worse than anything you'd ever see in college basketball. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. It is the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio on your Tuesday. Rob Parker, Mike Harmon filling in for Dan and the Danettes. And Mike, I just can't believe how fast two hours of the program has gone by. And we still yeah. have a little space for some football to talk about. Well, it's we? always football season. 365, we talk about guys staying in shape. Uh, we've got to keep our minds in shape and ready to go for the next iteration of the quarterback carousel and all of the social media sphere. I just got to take the moment, though. Honored to be uh, here in the morning with you. Uh, it's been a long time since you and I have been able to chop it up, right? Obviously, our show's back-to-back here in the afternoon and evening hours on Fox Sports Radio. So, good to be with you. Uh, I love uh, checking off boxes of working with legends. So, Oh, stop it. Are you kidding me? Hey. Stop. Are you kidding? But Hey. hey. But, but. No, I mean, the, the name has resonance. Right, it's like Michael Jordan getting feeded at the All Star game. Oh, I mean, my. I see you walk around Radio Row. Everybody <laughs> wanted to come say hello to the odd couple, right? Well, well, we hey, we appreciate that. It just means Chris and I have been around for a long time. And yes, if you are listening, uh, you could check out the Odd Couple, uh, Chris Broussard and myself, um, seven to ten Eastern, yep, Fox then, Sports Radio, and, and then, then your show. Yeah, and then Jason Smith and I, ten uh, p.m. Eastern to two a.m. Uh, leading into our buddy Ben Maller, who's with you tomorrow. That's right. For spot. people who want to tune in to the Dan Patrick Show tomorrow, as Dan and the Dennis take some time off. Ben Maller, Ben Maller yeah, will the be on with me in tomorrow. the morning. Think about yeah. that. Yes. So, After they've maybe gotten a couple hours of sleep. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun as well as today. But let's get into it. And you saw the Instagram. I want you to get into that first and then I'll jump in. But Instagram sure. post uh, and tell people what you saw if you haven't seen Aaron Rodgers on Instagram. Yeah, as he went through, it's a little photo montage and a thank you for folks with him over the last year. And I'll just uh, read a little bit of it. Quote, here's some... Hashtag Monday Night Gratitude for some of the incredibly special people in my life with some pictures from the last beautiful year. He goes on to thank Shailene Woodley, former fiance, whatever their relationship is. It's over. This it's okay. But we don't it's know over. that. But we don't know that. It could all it could all be uh, for show, and they get behind the scenes. They're still together. I don't know. But either way, he wrote, "Thanks for letting me chase after you the first couple months after we met. Finally, let me catch up to you. Be part of your life." Uh, I love you. I'm grateful for you. 
Okay, so that we got that. And then the guy's in the quarterback room, and then he goes through a bunch of teammates and, and folks along the way, the coaching staff. And then the last photo is the one everybody's making reference to, is that there is a picture of Randall Cobb, the guy that he brought back, Devontae Adams, and now there's a lot of uh, speculation and leaning that Green Bay will eventually put the franchise tag on Devontae Adams. would give him about $18.5 million this next year. Uh, but there's an empty space in between, and that's normally where Rodgers would be standing, right? So lots of pictures of the th- trio from other games, and this one looks like the Kansas City game if you look at a couple of the uh, jerseys behind them. So that was the game he didn't play, right? He was out due to COVID protocol. So he took that, but in the other photos, he's with the people that he's referencing. So here's me with my guy. Here's me on the couch with Shailene Woodley. And then the last is the picture of these two guys standing by themselves, which means everybody's getting into the world of speculation. Now, he's supposed to appear with Pat McAfee, or at least that's the expectation later on today. Uh, Gutekunst, the GM, is supposed to meet with the press, but evidently that was already scheduled before the Rodgers thing, but obviously he'll have to address where they're at in their conversations. But it now owes to the three ways of looking at the world, Rob. Is he a Packer? Does he retire? Or is this the goodbye, I'm on to greener pastures? Uh, Yeah, that is. And David Bakhtiari uh, put out a tweet of, is that, I guess Aaron Rodgers says, ah, blank, here we go again. And it's him walking uh, <laughs> down this, you know, like, is he walking away? Is he done? I- I'll say oh, this. Oh, the old tunnel thing, right? Is yes. he out? Is he in? Yeah, is he exactly. And, and I'll say this. I, I, think there are only, I think there are only two two courses of action for Aaron Rodgers. I really do. A, he stays with the Green Bay Packers and they fully commit to him and give him a new contract and they trade Jordan Love and just say, we're going to ride this out. And for the next three years, I mean, he just won back-to-back MVPs. He hadn't slowed down. And I think the Packers, despite their postseason failures, still give him the best chance to win. He's in the NFC North. You know, the Lions are bad. The Bears are got a new coach and Vikings got a new coach and situation. So they're in a great division where they can, you know, win that division and possibly have the top spot in the NFC. And then Tom Brady retires in the NFC. All the great young quarterbacks are fighting all in what? The AFC. So... I don't know about going to Denver and that's going to give you a better chance to get to the Super Bowl with all those quarterbacks over there. Not that I'm poo-pooing his talent or anything, Mike. I'm just talking about sheer numbers. I'll do it. He's a bum slayer. Okay. But I mean, you just po- mentioned playing in the division. Right. 72% I mean, winning percentage against the teams in division. During his tenure as a starter, Rob, because I'm a nerd this way, the Vikings, 51.5% winning percentage. Bears, right. 47. Lions, 36% since there's 2008. No, there's no doubt about it. But but anybody who thinks that he, they're, he, they're only winning because of that, that's fraudulent. Because if you remember, they went to San Francisco on the road. They won. They went to Arizona when they were 7-0 and without their three top receivers or defensive coordinator. And they won that game, if you remember. So they won some big games and whatnot, but they stunk in the playoffs. Well, Obviously, that's just it. You're winning in the regular season. Right. Right. You got um, me from A to B, except for um, that one magical season. 
But the other part is, I think it's either he stays in Green Bay or he retires. And I think, I really believe that there's a chance of that um, because of, you know, they talk about he always only wanted to wear the Packers uniform. He doesn't want to go anywhere, you know, didn't want to play anywhere else. There's something about that. There's something, and I will say, like, Derek Jeter playing all 20 years with the Yankees. Like, because I believe Tom Brady was supposed to be like Derek Cheater. You win your championship, you stay in one uniform and all that. It didn't happen, and he wound up winning another Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, and now he's done. But I believe there's something to that. So, And he's mentioned retirement before. So I think it's one of those two things. I, I don't see... I don't see the going elsewhere part. I could be wrong. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I, I don't see the third as an option either, Rob. I mean, I, I'd love to, you know, shout and scream about it, and you know, like play. Let's play the top five destinations. I, I can do that if we want to. And, and anybody that wants to put Denver first are kidding themselves. I'm not going to the AFC West. Right. Right. I mean, I just because all three teams can play. Right. The Raiders are going to be better. Derek Carr may not be great. But you can have a lot worse options than him as your starting quarterback. And unless we forget, they were playing meaningful football down the stretch. Right? So, I mean, if you're going to tell me, hey, maybe Indianapolis, I'll hear it. Because Carson Wentz wasn't the answer for me last year. And he certainly isn't going to be their answer going forward. Looking at the division and upheaval there. For me, it's the Packers. One, because why would you get rid of him? Right. And See, they, I'm with you. If you're if your ownership or or you're the GM, do you want to be the general manager who tra- manager who traded away a back to back MVP? I'm I'm serious. Well, and I gotta I think to some degree, Packer fans uh, on some level are tired of the act, right? Because they got tired with Brett Favre at the end. But well, but that was because he kept pulling their chain every year. Well, right? but uh, I mean, at this point, is this not two years of Aaron Rodgers kind of pulling their chain? At least if you're reading between, because that's the other thing, is he hasn't said anything directly, really. He said a lot of stuff about the world at large, and we're, we're not even getting into any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I think he said, but, I'm not going to have this thing drag out. He did say that. No, and I, and I hope it's fast, right? Maybe even or as early as today, right? The old, as early as today, this could happen, uh, as he goes on McAfee. But, you know, when they drafted Jordan Love, I, and again, you know, it might have been too early as a first round. But the point was, you had back-to-back years, he's had some injuries, and the last time he had gotten hurt, you had no backup plan. So Brent Hundley came in in a season that looked like it was a pretty good squad that you could have run with, fell apart. So in the two years before you drafted Jordan Love, yeah, you had the 13-3 and season, but 26 touchdowns, 4 picks, 25-2. and two. Good numbers, obviously a ridiculous touchdown to interception ratio. Most people would take those are those are bad years for him. No, but I'm talking quarterbacks would take those. But but it's from the touchdown perspective, right? right? When we're looking at finishing drives, and and we can always talk about run games and whatever else. And Aaron Jones was a beast then. But remember, in 2020, they took love, but they also got AJ Dillon, who was instrumental to what they were doing this year, right? I mean, the the part that's not being talked about outside of Aaron Rodgers is. All right, Matt LaFleur in big games. And maybe bringing in uh, Basaccia as the special teams coach will help fix some of those ills. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because football has a way of whatever you don't do, it always seems to show up against you. At the worst moment, absolutely. It, It just does. Like, whatever you don't do well... And you could say whatever you want about that. Obviously, you expect the Packers to score more points and and do a better job offensively. But what killed them? A block punt 
and and the missed field goal. Like and the that, inability to actually move the ball as an offense. Right. Like that's a whole other. But but you know what I'm saying. No, but absolutely. those are two big plays. Oh, but I mean, they're game changers. No question about it. And you knock down, drag out affairs. Look, I always argue with folks, and this goes back to just the fantasy football world, Rob. Indulge me for a moment. Uh, arguing with former players for a long time before they realized they were, A, making dollars off it then and can make more dollars uh, off it now, B. Uh, but the the idea that you know the, the teams are going to score most games. Right, you got very few shutouts in an NFL season. Right, and on average, the, even the best defense has given up 18 points per game. But but they lost a game in which the defense didn't give up an right. offensive they did, touchdown. They did their job. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, special it's, teams. It's, it's was really a, a curious thing, right? And even during the regular season, they achieved without their defense being complete. Right, Jair <laughs> Alexander, Zadarius Smith weren't there. Zadarius Smith's a whole other thing we haven't even gotten into. Right, because he's they just won as cryptic games, on Instagram. Mike. They won 13 sure. games with with the worst special teams in the league. Yeah. The worst. Not middle of the road. The worst. And they never cleaned it up. They never fixed it. But anyway, here's another issue I have, and I just want to throw this to you. I, I, I see people's tweets and what, I, oh, Aaron Rodgers only cares about winning MVPs. Do you really believe that? First of all, he has no control over winning an MVP. Right? Tom Brady threw for a gazillion yards. Uh, 95 touchdowns, and right. got 10 votes. Right, but that, that's, that's it. You could have argued that Brady should have been the guy if you want to just have that argument, which I think at some point you just shrug and say, okay, that's the vote, and you move on, right? Right, uh, mostly because I think people look at more. It's not just piling up stats. That that would be the big argument, like even LeBron thinking he's the GOAT because he has more stats. Well, he played since he, came, he didn't go to college, came out of high school, and compiling stats. Tom Brady had the best stats, didn't he? But he didn't win the MVP because there's more to it than that. And my point is, I don't believe for one minute that 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 Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to win Super Bowls. I just I think that's ridiculous to think that that a guy who's played doesn't want to win Super Bowls. Now it hasn't happened, but that doesn't tell me that he doesn't want to win. Was no. was he the one who botched the onside kick uh, against Seattle? That that was a Super Bowl trip sitting there. Yeah, there I, are other moments uh, where the defense wasn't never there and, and gave up 45 points in a playoff game. I, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying these are facts of what's happened over the last 10, 11 years for the Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't had his best moments in the playoffs. We've seen some great ones as well. Remember that throw in Dallas? Remember that? Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's throws, there's moments, and right? I mean, look, as you always say, it's wins and losses. That, uh, right? Sports has a short menu, wins and losses, right, but that, period. So that's what we have to do here, right? We have to apply it to everybody because, you know, going back to the the thing I said about division, right, everybody always wanted to cut Brady off at the knees because he played in the AFC East or least as they would call it. But people did not do the same thing to Manning or Breeze or Rodgers, which has always been confusing to me. But that's fine. I'll, I'll just do a long blog article somewhere else. But it, it's just the idea for Aaron Rodgers that he doesn't want to win. Look, there's throws, and people can, if you go through the All-22, I guess you could probably see things where he took the safe throw instead of pushing it. Most of the time you applaud it, but when you're great looking for that little razor-thin movement to the top, yeah, those are going to be magnified, right? I mean, that that's just the way it works in all, all areas of business. You know, I, I go back to the 
seeding and taking the uh, the timeout. That was the one, the only on field thing that I've really ever gotten uh, upset, and I, I've carried it with me now for two years, Rob. So I'll do my therapy session with you. Is the fact that he went off the field and allowed them to kick the field goal to go down five, because he, he threw the ball three times. Right, so any madness about play calling with Lafleur, you had your shots, but you came off the field and you gave the ball back to Tom Brady, which I'll right. never understand. But, no, no, no. But, that, that's that's the the only thing I didn't. Uh, the only thing worse than that move right there by Lafleur and that whole scenario was when uh, Seattle decided to throw the ball into the end zone at the one yard line with the best running back in football, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I mean, with just, enough time to run two plays, right? right. But to I mean, me. you've got that situation, and then this with Aaron Rodgers. You had timeouts. You turn to the coach like, "I'm not coming off the field." Right, right. You you've got to have the clout at that moment. But for all of this, I, I think it's at least to me, this is much much ado about nothing and kind of needling the outside world. And maybe he just needed a moment of catharsis. And here's the year that I've had. And why can't it just be that instead of ooh, look at he just wants to see uh, his mentions. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Facts only. Make sure you check your feelings at the door because no BS is allowed. We keep it 100. This is where real conversations happen. Listen to the Right or Wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now let's welcome in. We're going to talk some NBA switch gears. With Ryan Hollins, a friend of ours, uh, the 10-year NBA vet, who uh, is the color analyst on the Houston Rockets game. And Mike, just for your FYI, we had a big steak dinner, steak and lobster dinner down in Houston this past, uh, uh, during the season, right? And let's welcome in uh, Ryan Hollins to the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. What up, Ryan? Hey, what's going on, fellas? You picked up that check too, right? You know You what? mean me? <laughs> no, I wasn't. It's, no, it's not somebody. you. <laughs> hey, you know. Hey, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blow my own to my own horn. But I did pick up Look the check, you. Ryan. Didn't I? Yeah, I was gonna say there's somebody who's doing quite well over there. <laughs> well, he's dominating. Well you know there. that? Is <laughs> someone doing quite well? You're sleeping on man. Man, Parker. There you go. He's, he's on that Huel bet of money, you know, like in Breaking Bad. Yeah, whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> That's because I got nine jobs, Ryan. That's you know okay. That. The hustle is real. Yes. All right. So, Ryan, so much happening over uh, All-Star Weekend and, and whatnot. Uh, I just want to get your take. So, did you the, the LeBron interview with Kenny Smith from TNT saying, proclaiming he's the GOAT. What do you make of that? Is that his place to say he's the GOAT, or should other people say that? Of course it's his place to say that. Why not? No, Michael Jordan says it. Go ask Michael Jordan what he thinks of himself. He's not going to say, man, I'll leave it up to your opinion now. He may say that to the public behind closed doors. He's saying that I've never seen a is. tape of Michael Jordan saying he was the GOAT. I mean, you'd have to show me that tape. Listen, man, listen. 
there's no question that you know Michael Jordan feels that way about himself, as he should. So we, we shouldn't have a problem when LeBron does it. And then now, and Rob Parker, you know better, you know darn well better than to think that Michael Jordan doesn't feel that way about himself. I so said I, I've never I, I heard him say deal. it. There's a big difference with feeling confidently, and you saw the crowd response. Who got the so biggest response, ways. Ryan, at the All-Star weekend? Was it LeBron James, who's from Cleveland, Akron, or was it, Le- or was it Michael Jordan? Listen, it doesn't matter. You've heard Michael say it in enough ways. You probably heard Kobe Bryant say it in a matter of ways. We miss him. But I, I'm going to tell you one thing. You can't have problems when LeBron says it. He can crown himself. He can believe in himself. If LeBron was like, ah, you know, I don't think I'm that good. Like, we would have a problem. You, should have you don't a have to say that, Ryan. Way. Yes, you can. Yes, and you let can, me tell man. you this. This is the problem I have. I only recognize one king in the United States, and that's Burger King. So I'm not with that. <laughs> Home of the Whopper. <laughs> and that brought the crowd to, uh, to a halt and a number of uh, one-liners uh, just all over the place, wherever you are across America. Ryan, good to have you with us. All-star break, the final quarter of the season upcoming. What's been the biggest surprise for you this year? Oof. Biggest surprise this year. I, I, I'm going to probably have to throw out a couple. I'm going to probably have to throw out a couple. Um, for one, I didn't see James Harden wanting out again. That's there you shocking. go. That's a big one. I agree with that you That escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would have seen that coming. Uh, Cleveland, like, oh, my goodness. Like, it's just an amazing story going over there uh, on in Cleveland so much that, you know, obviously you just spoke about LeBron. There may be rumblings. There are rumblings of saying that, you know, he may want to go back and finish up in Cleveland. I that, like that Darius much. Garland said beat it. Right. We're doing just fine. Well, I mean, if, I mean that's fine. If, of course it, it sounds hey, if, like Hey, if LeBron can talk about being a GOAT, the young guy can say we don't need you. Yeah, just the same way that Bruce Arians said that Antonio Brown would never play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he did. So hey, life changes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Um, but in all reality, I think those are those are huge shocks. Um, I think the Bulls' success, a little bit you can see it, but how successful they've been, uh, a, a, bit of a, a, a bit of a shock there. Um I don't think anyone saw the Lakers being this bad. Yeah, let's just Yeah, I mean we inevitably we had agree to get with there. that, Ryan. Like, like yeah. I didn't but think it, it was a in, fit. Injuries are a thing too. So it, 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 we kind of saw the injuries, but I thought we thought they'd work through it, right, Rob? Right. It, it has been worse than I thought, and even with the the numbers LeBron has put up, he doesn't impact winning like he used to. If he Years ago, if he were putting up these numbers, you would win games, and and he puts up great numbers, and they still don't win. What is that? They don't defend. If you okay. go back and look at LeBron's teams historically, he's gotten his numbers, numbers, and he's had a group of guys around him that play defense. And the Lakers have gotten to a point where they say, "Hey, you know, we want to, you know, catch up with the trend of the three point shooting and 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 do all that and." And we want to get up and down, and we want to push our pace. And the Lakers' pace is excellent. Their offensive rating is excellent. It's probably the highest it's been in years, but defensively is where they struggled. And if you think about that championship they won, and everybody was so tired of Danny Green and this and that, but guess what? That team defended, and they were able to win championships because of it. So the Lakers came out with a different approach. They said, we're going to score the basketball, 
and it, it, it's a disaster. So they, they can't get stops now. But the biggest difference to answer your question is that LeBron's teams had defenders around them. So when he got to average around 27-7-7, the pace of the game was much, much slower, and you saw a much larger impact on what was happening in the basketball game. Philadelphia third at the break, 35-23. Joel Embiid has been uh, magnificent would be the – we can go through the thesaurus with all the different words to describe it, Ryan. Uh, is he going to be celebrating the arrival of James Harden or is he going to be on the poster of disgruntled former teammates when this ends? No, he's going to have to be excited because essentially no disrespect to Seth Curry, but you swapped out Seth Curry for James Harden, you know? So, so by any means, you know that that should be an upgrade there. Or if he, if James Harden just wants to be a spot up shooter, he should be able to play that role. So, I think Embiid should be ecstatic, and that's still a, a pretty decent uh, basketball team over there with you know Tobias Harris, Court Maz, and you know maybe they're not as stacked as when they had a team with Jimmy Butler and all those boys. But uh, James Harden is definitely you know you you, you filled a spot where there was literally not a player. You end up getting a, a player in James Harden, and I don't think the, it, the level of intensity that Embiid is playing at, I, I believe if he stays healthy, he should be the MVP of the NBA this year. Uh, you know, it, you don't expect the same load from James Harden. I'm pretty sure that Philadelphia and Doc Rivers understand that, you know, they're not going to just put the ball in his hands the same way that they did in the past, but they have a guy on a perimeter that can go out and create a shot when needed, and it's really just a matter of going out and making sure that James is healthy at this point. Our guest is Ryan Holland, former uh, NBA 10-year vet and current Houston Rockets uh, color TV analyst. And let's talk about Brooklyn and uh, Ben Simmons and how he fits. A lot of people like Ben Simmons because he doesn't have the pressure. If you have Kyrie and you have Durant as the as the guy shooting and scoring, and uh, Ben obviously with big body and can defend and a playmaker. How does he fit if they have all three of those guys playing in, in a game? Is that good for Brooklyn? This should be a golden scenario, and I'm pointing to a guy on the West Coast, which is working out really well for him, Andrew Wiggins, who's the first time All Star. Andrew Wiggins gets to play a comfortable role of the third or fourth score on the team. You know, you, you'll see games where Jordan Poole will be more aggressive than Andrew Wiggins, but Andrew Wiggins, you know, just keeps playing consistent basketball. And I think that Ben Simmons, at the end of the day, may be more comfortable as a third or fourth option or a defender. And now that you're not playing with Joel Embiid, the paint ends up being wide open. He might be their power forward or center, to be honest, guys. And that's not that shabby because Kevin Durant, seven feet tall when he comes back and he's healthy. So, you know, I think this is an excellent move and opportunity for Ben Simmons. And I think that even if you say, hey, like, let's, let's, let's just play the odds. Hey, Ben Simmons, you know, doesn't develop the jump shot. You know, he kind of is who he is. And, and if he is the same player that he was, I think that's extremely effective and something that Brooklyn really needed uh, was to get younger. And obviously, I, I think it's a, a win on both sides. It's one of the rare trades. You know, we can't really debate who, who really won the trade essentially because you just add a player into the NBA that we didn't have. And Ben Simmons was sitting out, unfortunately, but I think it's a win for everybody to see him in a uniform. All right, there we go. We thank you for the knowledge. We appreciate you, as you always, Ryan. Me, and, uh, we'll Stop see you it. down. What's that? Stop it, Rob. You don't what? appreciate wow. me, man. 
I do appreciate it. you. How could you say Mike, that, man? Mike appreciates me, but you don't, man. I do. When I came to Houston, I made it my my business to see you down there, didn't I? That's did. huge. You did. You did. You did. You did. He's I a man of the people, you. Ryan. You know that. Hey, hey, when we went out, everybody in the restaurant, hey, Ryan, they came over to him and said, hey, I'm loving you on the broadcast. I mean, I just felt like a peon. I was just sitting there. Did you, did you have to take a bunch of pictures? <laughs> you know, they were like, is that your is that, is that your drunk uncle at the table? Wow. Ryan, you know? <laughs> now you should have played the role. That would have been interesting <laughs> that was it hey ryan hollins we appreciate you here on the damn right, show see you Stay buddy well. <laughs> that was so funny all right uh it is the damn patrick show rob parker mike mike Harmon filling in for dan and the danettes